So again, so great to see you all. So great to be with you um, and to be connected um, in this way. I am going to, I can, I'm going to highlight me for our Zoom viewers. There we go. And so this morning, we've been talking about the gift of hope. And with that has been a number of things, right? So uh, with this, I want to share three stories, three stories this morning when we think about the gift of hope. And I'm going to ask you, how do these stories even connect? And we're going to see it here um, in just a second. But these are the three stories that I wanted to share with you before we get into the, into the scripture from John. The first is this. The Spirit of God took this individual to this valley. And in the valley was a whole bunch of bones, skeletons and skulls. And those bones were dry. They were scattered through it. It was like this bone graveyard. And all that's all they could see was just the bones. And the Spirit of God, God, when he led this individual there. He said, hey, can these, can these bones live? Can these bones be birthed again? And the person was like, uh, uh, no, but God, you know. And then God said, prophesy, speak over these. Let them come alive. And all of a sudden there was a great rattling and the bones were clanging against each other and the skulls were knocking against the femurs and the pelvis bones and the toe bones and the finger bones. And all this was rattling. All of a sudden they started to come back together and ligaments and muscles and skin formed and they were recreated. But they couldn't stand. They didn't have life. And so God said, hey, speak over these bones. Speak to the wind. Speak to the spirit, speak to breath to breathe upon them. And he did. And the breath of God, the spirit of God, the wind of God came from the four corners and breathed upon them and they rose again and they were this huge number alive. That's the first story. The second story is sort of like it. Again, it's a prophet and God has given this picture to this one. And it says uh, these things. It says, you're dirty. And God's going to sprinkle you with pure water. And then you're going to be clean. And your filth will be washed away. And you'll no longer run after crazy things. And I will do this heart surgery upon you. And give you a new heart and a new spirit. I'll take the hard thorny, stony heart, and I will, I will replace it with a tender, precious heart. And I'll put my spirit, my breath in you, and you'll follow me. Well, that was the second story. And the third one is this. Israel was on this long journey, and they started to get really, really tired of being on this journey and they grumbled and they said, how long are we there yet? Are we to the place that you told us that we were going to go? And they got mad because their journey was so long. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And they grumbled against God. And they grumbled against their leader, Moses. And they grumbled against the food that God had given them and said, this food stinks. 
We want something better. You led us out here on this awful journey, giving us this terrible food to die. And all of a sudden, God sent some snakes. And the snakes came in there and bit the people. And some began to die, and they're like, oh my gosh, the serpentine had been released. And they cried out to Moses and to God, and they said, we're sorry. And Moses prayed for the people as the serpentine were released, as Kephira was released, and Lloyd Garmadon released them all. And they said, help, help, help. And God said, okay, build this bronze serpent. Put it on a pole and lift it high. And then whoever looks upon this bronze servant will be healed from the serpentine. There's the three stories from the Bible. These are early stories. And you say, what in the world about these crazy stories? What is the connection here? And the connection is, is that Jesus connected all of these stories as he sat with the man trying to explain him what time and season that they were in. And all of these stories with crazy serpents and stories of new hearts and stories of dry bones and breath coming on them are referenced in this encounter with this man named Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And it's a great story of hope. It's a great story of hope for us today and hope for others. So these three stories are referenced in this one. So let's turn to John 3 and connect this and see how God, when, when, when the early writers, when, when John himself was inspired by the Spirit of God to recall this story and to share it with us. This is in John 3, verses 1 to 21. And we'll share these with you. John 3, verses 1 to 21. You may know this story, and so often we've heard it so many times, especially in the famous verse here in the middle of John 3, that we skipped over these amazing stories that Jesus is alluding to. They give great hope. So John 3 says this, There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you were born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you. No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are, a respect, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. 
But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see that they are doing what God wants. That is the story of John 3. And in this story is this beautiful reference, right? This, this, these other stories are put in here that are given. This religious leader named Nicodemus is brought before all, right? Is, is searching out Jesus and trying to add things up, trying to figure out, hey, what is going on right now? We see there's some great things happening. We see that you're doing some amazing things. Thank God's with you. But what is happening and as Jesus, in all of his goodness, he begins trying to explain to Nicodemus the time, what's taken place, and the hope that is greater than anyone could have expected. This is the gift of hope, and this is even what we're looking at today, the hope that we have in Jesus. And it's greater than many of us have ever anticipated. Nicodemus is trying to figure it out. And Jesus cuts to it and just says, hey, you've got to be born again. The initial conversation starts with this idea of new life. And Nicodemus cannot understand. He's like, what are you, what are you referencing? I've got to go back into my mom's womb. But you know, Jesus is using language that he hopes Nicodemus can understand, the things that have been promised long ago. The things that God would do to step in telling him stories, using metaphors in order to encourage, to say this was planned and prompted long, long ago. And again and again, he's saying, got to be born again. Many of us don't remember. I don't know if any of us remember being in the womb. I've asked Harvest before, but do you remember being in your mama's womb, mama bunny? And he's like, yep, I do. Now, he's notorious for saying he believes all sorts of things. Uh -oh. But we all know the reality. No, I must remember that season, right? That moment of darkness before we experience this birth. And Jesus is referencing this idea of new birth, of new life. This is what is at stake at the time with Jesus. And how can this be? 
And then Jesus said, hey, I got to tell you, unless you're, unless you're born of water and spirit, you cannot enter this new life. And right there, he's referencing metaphor and images that Nicodemus would have known, right? Would have been, would have been put before him at time. This one from Ezekiel 37 of water, saying, I'm going to cleanse you with water. The prophet Ezekiel, right? I'm going to give you a new heart. And I'm going to put a spirit in you. This is what God is saying. I'm going to cleanse you with this water and the spirit's going to come upon you. You must be born again to take away this heart of stone, this being of stone, this heart of flesh. I'm going to give you a new heart, a tender heart. I'm going to cleanse you. And that's what Jesus is referencing, this deep work. And he's trying to let Nicodemus know this is bigger and greater and deeper and more hopeful than you could have ever anticipated. But it doesn't stop there. He goes on to say about, no, there's going to be this birth of spiritual life. And he starts referencing the wind. And the wind is the same as breath and spirit. But he says, that's the four winds that blows and you don't know where it's coming from. And that wind that is blowing and moving would have spoken to Ezekiel 37, this area of dry bones, where God calls the wind to breathe. And he tells the person to prophesy, bring, be breathed upon spirit, come, right? And breathe on these dead bones, on these skeleton bones. Breathe upon them for new life. Can the dead rise? Can the dead in us rise to new life? And Jesus says, oh, yes, it can. But God must breathe upon you, the Spirit, and give you new life. We drove, I, I drove over to Nate's house. I don't know, I think it was just last week. And I look over at his next door neighbors, and they've got a skeleton sitting on their porch still. Right, and their bones sitting there, and, and Harvest has an eye for seeing skeletons wherever he can, right? The Halloween season is this great one where you're seeing the bones of skeletons. And we saw a little skeleton sitting on his neighbor's porch up there. We drove two blocks over, and all of a sudden there in Berkeley is this massive dinosaur bone sitting in the front yard of someone. It must be like 12 to 15 feet tall, this dinosaur, and there are bones in there. And I'm like, what in the world is going on in Berkeley? Is it like bone day or something? But they get our attention, right? They get our attention. I tell you what, if your kids are listening to it, you're like, this is so awesome. There's snakes and bones. I've got to read the Bible more. But yeah, it's a story of God breathing life and saying, in these bones, new life can come. Now, Nicodemus knew the story of Ezekiel 37 because this was part of the prophecy that talked about the dead being raised, too that the dead would come to new life. And Nicodemus believed this as a Pharisee, right? So they would have known this, but also knew they were talking about a new life that would come in people, in the deadness that they were experiencing, that they would experience new life as God breathed upon them. And that was Ezekiel 37, and there was a hope in there, a hope that God would animate the deadness and the brokenness and the dryness in us all. But Nicodemus wasn't getting it. So the most explicit 
then story that Jesus tells is this one from Numbers. And it's the craziest of them all, right? It's the story of Numbers 21, when Jesus referenced himself, right? And they tell this story when Israel was wandering in the wilderness and they were grumbling against God and grumbling against Moses and grumbling against their food and grumbling that they thought that God had only um, almost birthed them and put them in the place they were and freed them from slavery and led them into this place to kill them. That God had led them into this, but God did not have good for them. They said, no, God doesn't have good for us. What is a part of our future is death. So they had no hope of a future. They said, our future with God is death. And they grumbled and said, why in the world are we following Moses? Why are we following God? And they grumbled and they grumbled and they grumbled. There's nothing to eat here. We hate this horrible food. And it says the Lord sent poisonous snakes. And many were bitten and died. This is crazy, y'all, right? This is crazy stories with numbers. But the part that Jesus wanted them to connect to, not to the serpentine being released. If you didn't, you didn't catch my Lloyd Garbandon reference and the serpentine being released, that means you have not watched Ninjago. The 10 seasons of Ninjago, if you don't have kids, you've got kids between probably the ages of 18 and below, or you have seen Ninjago. Um, but this is not that story. But what God told the people in Numbers, told Moses to do, and Moses cried out for them, God told Moses, okay, take some bronze, shape it into a snake, put it on a staff, hold it up high, and as the people just look at it, they'll be saved. So Jesus, in this story, turns to Nicodemus and says this, right? He's like, um, I am like that bronze serpent, right? The son of man is going to be lifted, is going to be put up high, and that those who look upon him, who look upon that one, will be saved. It's this powerful story of hope. And for many, we look at it and we think, that's ridiculous, right? That is a, it's crazy, superstitious, or whatever it might be. But for the people of Jesus, we realize here in John chapter 3, it's God is trying to give us this hope of saying, this is what is happening through the person of Jesus. And John 3 takes us there. In verse 14, it says, As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And the writer goes on to say, This is how God loved the world. This was God's love for us. All of these stories paint this picture of God's love for us that we would not perish from the dryness of our bones, from the hardness of our hearts, from the lack of spirit or breath, or even from the, we wouldn't die from our own brokenness and the things around us, that we would have life, newness of life, new life being new birth, and all of that simplicity of looking to Jesus of knowing that all of these lynch here, that what is the way to life? 
What is the way to new life? What is the way to the new heart? What is the way to the cleansing of sin? What is the way to bring complete healing? It's Jesus. It's looking to Jesus. One who was lifted up. One who came. God sent his one and only son who was from heaven with God and came down on earth and yet gave us life, was crucified and lifted up on a cross and then raised to life after he died. That those who would look up upon to him, to look to Jesus for life, to believe in Jesus and the hope would turn and receive that life from Jesus would have it, newness of life. God breathing his spirit upon us and giving us hope. This is the hope of Jesus. This is where we go again and again and again. Finding our hope there. This morning, as we kind of sit here and we wonder about the hope, right? The hope that we have. And we wonder about our world, right? And the hope that is there. We'll look about us at people looking for hope. And for some, yeah, we have, we have found great hope in others. And we found, some are finding great hope in the vaccine and receiving it. We still, we look at our world and the brokenness all over it in this past week. The hope, the need for hope that is going on everywhere, the hope for, uh, for the atrocities that are happening, happened in Atlanta this last week. Innocent people were struck down. Hope that's needed in Myanmar. We're going to hear even more about that next week as Sharon Buttry shares with us that she's going to teach us next Sunday. Hope that is needed everywhere. And where is this found? In the Isaiah text, or in 37, they say, oh, the people of the old bones cried out this. We have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. And Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus and saying, it's not. It is not gone. Because I'm going to give life. I'm going to give life to those who would look to me. Who would look to Jesus. Who would hear of the love of God being poured out upon us through Jesus. For some, these stories sound like foolishness. But church, to you, to me and to others, we're like, wow, that's how much God loves us? This is, this is what Jesus was about? Being in restoration and new life? Oh, this is what it's about. And so today on this journey, as we are living into the life of Jesus, fix your hope on Jesus. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Again, look to Jesus. Where does your hope stand? And maybe you've experienced your own brokenness again this week. Maybe you feel like you've lived in it, right? Through your own weakness, your own brokenness, your own frailty that is being experienced in your body in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. Our hope is in Jesus. Look to Jesus. 
for me, that comes just looking at Jesus as I, it's just like, oh, Jesus, you are my life, right? And, and for many of you looking to Jesus is, is this, you're, you're logged into Zoom and you've jumped in together into the sanctuary. We would come being reminded that Jesus is our hope. That Jesus is the one who he, who brings healing to us. That Jesus is the one who allows our hearts, which have been hardened and made stone, to be softened again. Jesus is the one who's breathed upon us, putting a new spirit. Jesus is the one who, like when we experience those bites, right, from the snakes that are out there, right, and we're experiencing death, who brings healing to us. Jesus is the one we're experiencing new birth. And I tell you what, this is a thing that happens at a once and for all, that when we know that we have it, we will have new life. But it's something that happens every day for us. Where we're living into this daily. So if you feel like you're like coming again and you need again this work of God, yes, you do. For God to breathe upon you, to transform your heart for that new creation to be birthed. May you focus your eyes upon Jesus. And church, one of the other things that we know too is not only are we people who are continuing just to look to Jesus again and again, we're not trying to hide anything, right? We're, by coming to Jesus, we're, we're not, he's not trying to expose us, to embarrass us, to shame us. We come in because we know we need it. And when we do, we're proclaiming to others, there's hope in Jesus. We're looking for those, too, who, who we know they need hope, and we're just wanting to say, oh, Jesus, have you considered Jesus? Will you look to Jesus for hope for life? Have you considered Jesus? Are you experiencing the brokenness? Are you seeing death all around you? Are you seeing hardness of hearts and the need of breath? Are you seeing that we need to be cleansed and made whole and made right? Are you seeing the brokenness that is in the world? This was not God's intent, but he loves us. And he sent Jesus to free us. So we look to him. to consider Jesus? So church, part of our way is about proclaiming again and again our need for Jesus. Offering Jesus to people who are ready to hear it. Who God is moving their hearts to him and receiving that new life. So which story connects to you most today? Which story connects to your spirit, to your heart? Is it the story of God saying he'll wash you and taking a hard heart and give you a spirit? Is it the story of God taking all these dry, dead bones and breathing new life into them and raising them so they can stand. A multitude of people who would stand and live and not just be dead bones without hope. Or is it the story of being bitten and needing to look up to Jesus for healing? Is it that God's saying, I want to give you new life. You'd be born anew. So let's pause and see what the Lord wants to speak. And, and my big questions for us all would be, what message does God want to speak to you? And what message would he want potentially to share with somebody else that would be good news, right? So let's pray. Oh, Father, 
God of all hope, through these beautiful stories of your love, come and speak to us. What do you, what do you want to say to us this morning? What offer of life and new life do you have, Lord? What rejuvenation, new animation, and new life are you wanting to birth in every corner of the world? From our corner into every place, we say, go, Spirit, go. Breathe upon your people. Holy Spirit, God, what do you want to say to us this morning? What is your invitation to us? What is your message to us, God? Come and speak to your children, Lord. May our ears and life be open to you. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So church, may you be able to breathe in this message of hope that is through Jesus, that life comes through Jesus. It is a simple but profound message that was pointed to way before Jesus. These stories were all there in order for us to have greater confidence in what Jesus has done May you be able to breathe more deeply today. And so that's my encouragement right now. If you, whether you're sitting in the sanctuary with that mask on, whether you're sitting in your own home, would you breathe in deeply with me? Would you take a deep breath again as if you were breathing in the Spirit of God that He's offering, the breath of God? coming from the four corners of God himself saying, be breathed upon with life. New life in the person of Jesus. Breathe it in today. <sighs> May you be able to breathe out any kind of shame and toxicity that you think you're carrying. Any kind of accusation, would you breathe it out? May you feel God upon your heart and your body, softening you to the things of God. And may your eyes and what you see today be focused on Jesus and continue to look to him. Sharon and Dan, it says, I approach 70, my old bones rejoice in the life of Jesus and the hope he brings for a new resurrection body in due time but also in the joy of following Jesus day by day. Creeks or no creeks. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Church, thank you for being with us today. I think Manya is going to jump in now um, in person and give some instruction as you guys are together. And then uh, I'll, I'll let everybody here who are on Zoom be able to talk and chat with each other for those of you who want to stay on and just say hello. Next Sunday, we are only on Zoom, right? So if you show up at Genesis in the building, nobody's going to be there next Sunday. But if you come on April the 2nd or the 4th, there will be people there you need to register. God bless you and keep you. Have a great Sunday.